Okay, so yeah, Shekarach, we're coming. And the Siyat Rishmaya, we try a little bit before the Halal and the Davening to get into the month a little bit, to understand what it is that we're celebrating, what it is that we're trying to tap into. Rosh Chodesh being the seed of the entire tree and everything, all the branches and fruits that are going to develop and grow. Over this month, Reb Tzadik and others teach that it's all encapsulated in Rosh Chodesh. And so if we don't begin Rosh Chodesh with awareness and consciousness of what's available to us, if we're open to it, it's hard to tap into that later. And so obviously all the energies of Purim, everything, everything, everything that Adar is, is now. Mamish now. Aleph Adar. And so we begin with Sefer Yitzira, and the segment of Sefer Yitzira, which goes through all the months and connects them to a mazel, a certain kind of constellation, a certain concept, energy within the physical world. It connects the month, obviously, with the month itself, which is in time, and then it connects the month with a part of the human anatomy. And every month, when we're to sit together before davening, we like to take a look at that segment and chilek of the Sefer Yetzirah so that we can go through um, what these things are, what the connection between them is. Says the Heliga Sefer Yetzirah. Morning, thank you for coming. Himlech is kuf. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was mamlech, the letter kuf. Here, there are sheets right there behind you. V'kashal keser, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu tied a crown to it. V'tsar by dagim ba'olam. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu engraved within it, so to speak, this energy that's connected to the letter Kuf. And as we're going to see in a minute, is Chaydesh Adar in time. HaKadosh Baruch Hu connected it with the Mazal Dagim, as we all know, Mazal Adar Dagim, right? That the Mazal of the month of Adar is connected to the concept of fish. The Adar Bashana, it becomes the month of Adar in the months of the year. The Karkavan Benefesh, and it becomes the spleen in the nefesh, within the human anatomy. It's another word for tchol, for spleen. So what's the connection between all these things? Now we take a little bit of a journey, and there's not that much time, so we're going to try to do this in a time-efficient um, way. And there's always much more to say, obviously. This is just the basic, basic, basic angle and avenue. But the rest of Adar and Purim, Mamish, is all developed on this foundational theme. There's an infinite amount to, to say on this topic, actually. But not that I have an infinite amount to say, but there is an infinite amount. But um, let's try to just <coughs> analyze uh, the, the basic building blocks of this binyan. Says the Heilige Medrash Tanchuma. The Medrash Tanchuma says over here in Parashas Yisrael, Vayishma Yisrael, the Medrash says, Yisrael heard... Zesham Rakosov says the Medrash, this concept of Yisra hearing what was done for Am Yisrael in Kriyas Yamsov, Melchemes Amalek. Zesham Rakosov, this is what the Pasuk tells us in Mishle, Leitz Take Upesi Yarim. The scoffer, the clown, the cynic needs to be beaten. Upesi Yarim, and the fool will, be, will become wise, will be lifted up, will become wise. Says the Medrash, Leitz Take, this part of the Pasuk that refers to a Leitz, to a scoffer, to a joker, a jester, Ze'amalek. This is a reference to the malevolent force of Amalek, who, of, from whom, of course, Haman is derivative. Upesi Yarim Ze'Yisrael. And the part of the Pasuk that speaks about a Pesi, that speaks about a fool who ends up getting wise in the end, that's Yisrael. And here we see, within the span of two parashias, a few psukim, 
the, the, the distinction between Yisra on the one hand and Amalek on the other hand, right? Amalek hears the same thing that Yisra hears, but not only doesn't he draw forth and join the Jewish nation, as we're going to learn, he attacks the Jewish nation. That's a late. That's a late. We're going to understand very deeply what's the kesher between a late and a malik in this context. But Yisrael is the pesi. He's involved in many different things, many different religions and, and idols and so on and so forth. But Yarim, in the end, because he's a seeker and because he's not a cynic, and he does believe that in the end he can find what the truth is, he draws close. And here the Medrash sets up Yisrael and Amalek as, respectively, the pesi and the late. What's the kesher? between Amalek and the concept of Elates, what's the oymik of that? Let's take a look at the Pasuk and Devarim that describes fundamentally what Amalek does, what Amalek did to Am Yisrael, and what the energy and the force of Amalek does in all of our lives. It says there, look at Pasuk, this is source number three, we are compelled to remember perpetually Zachar, as the Ramban says, and Zachar is perpetual remembrance, that's a kamat, it means forever, it's not Zachar. Right? Zachar would mean just a commandment, remember. Zachar means always. Zachar es asher asalach amalek. We are to always remember what Amalek did to us. Bederech betzeischem mimitzrayim. Along the way, from our redemption from Mitzrayim as we journey toward Harsina. What did Amalek do to us? Asher karcha baderech. That they came and apipshat, they happened upon you along the way. This is very, very, very deep. I'm going to speak a lot about this now. They attacked all the stragglers, the weak, the Shevedon, right? It was massive, all the way at the end. And you were tired and weary. Who that's speaking about, whether it's speaking about Amalek or whether that's speaking about Am Yisrael, but someone lacked fear of God in this picture. One of them, both of them, it's a subject of Machlekes. But Al-Kapanam we find that the energy of Amalek is wrapped up in the concept of Asher Karcha Baderech. Now, of course, Rashi already tells us that it goes deeper than simple happenstance, Mikra. Rashi tells us, Karcha is Milash and Kar, right? Kar means cold. They came and cooled you down along the way. In the sense, the way that Rashi says it contextually, is that all the other nations were afraid to jump into this roiling, boiling pot, that it was clear HaKadosh Baruch was heating something up. Hashem was cooking with this nation. HaKadosh Baruch had a shaykh with them, and nobody dared draw close. And in Amalek, he was the first first one to jump in and once he jumped in so then the water gets a little bit cooler and then everybody else jumped in that's what it means I'll peep shot all this should learn that it doesn't just mean in the context of Am Yisrael traveling toward our Sinai but it's the energy of Amalek in all of our lives that comes to do what? to cool us down to cool us down so I heard from my Rebbe he says an amazing 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 Torah he says this description of Amalek as Asher Chabaderech is itself the Pneumius Ha'inyan of why Amalek is called a late. Very deep. What's a, what's a late son? What's a, what's a clown? A jester is a person who jests. A person who makes jokes. That's why it's called a jester, right? So in order to understand the Metzius of a jester, we need to understand the Metzius of a joke. And the Metzius of a joke, very basically, is that there are a number of different ways that a joke may be told and many different kinds of humor. One of the most base and basic kinds of humor, slapstick comedy, right? If it's a physical embodiment of a person that's carrying a whole bunch of things and then you're not sure if he's going to make it to the table, in the end he you know, falls all over the place. Slapstick comedy. But in verbal comedy, a joke is something where you think it's going one way and then unexpectedly it, 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 it becomes something else. It's not what you thought that it would be. 
Right? That's what a joke is. That's why we call the end of a joke a punchline, right? Because what does it do? It's a line, but it's not the line that you thought it would be. It's a line that punches, right? Meaning it's a line that surprises. It's surprising. And the dissonance between what you thought would be and what actually happened produces laughter. Right? This is the most basic kind of joke. Says my Rebbe, Lates is connected to Amalek because what they did to Am Yisrael was a big joke. Am Yisrael was baderech on a very conclusive path from Mitzrayim to Sinai. They knew where they came from and they knew what the destination was supposed to be. In comes Amalek, Ashakarcha baderech. They seek to derail Am Yisrael's trajectory. They seek to turn the very serious and and sincere journey of Am Yisrael toward a point that they thought they would be able to reach. And Amalek comes and tries to turn the whole thing into a big joke. Meaning, Amalek tries to come to derail that in the sense of poisoning Am Yisrael's yearning with a thick fog of cynicism. Because that's what cynicism is. Cynicism means that a more simple person thinks that something's going to end up in a certain place and the cynic says you'll never get there. Right? That's rooted in the concept of a lates. A lates is not just a person who makes jokes, although this energy is also encapsulated within jokes that are made. A lates is a cynic, because that's what a cynic is, the same Indian as a joke. That's why it, the same word for clown and for cynic is the same as a lates. Of a moish of latesim layash. It's a very negative thing to sit among latesim, right? Because latesim, the, the whole thing is cynicism. And that's very deeply, as the Meshulach teaches, what the Medrash is telling us the cynic will never make it. The seeker. Even if he's involved in all kinds of narishkeit, he'll make it in the end because he still has the sincere drive within him to search for a truth that he believes he can yet attain. Amalek is the late. He disrupts the journey. Let's take a look at the Helig of Zara Kaddish. With the Zara Kaddish <coughs> describing very, very, very deeply the depth of Ashakarcha tells us in a section of the very beginning of the Zara Kaddish, it's called Oisius Dr. Vamnuna Saba, which is a fascinating, fascinating section of the Zara Kaddish. It goes on for a number of pages, which speaks about the way in which all of the Aleph Bays, each one individually comes before Hashem and asks that Hashem create the world with that letter. Obviously, HaKadosh Baruch Hu chooses to create the, le- the world with the letter Bays, but it goes through all the different Aleph Bays until we get there, and it starts from the back. It starts from the letter Tav, because if it started from Aleph, it would be a very short section. <laughs> so there wouldn't be much to say. So it starts all the way with the Tav. Okay? So, toward the beginning of this segment, says the Zarka, there's Allah's Ois Shin Kameh. The letter Shin comes before Hashem. Amr Kameh, and it says, To HaKadosh Baruch, Rebbein Almond, Master of the World, Nicha Kermach Alma, Are you happy to create the world with me? Isn't it wonderful if you would create the world with me? Isn't it fitting for you to create the world with me? The Bias Grace Shmach Shakai. My letter is the letter with which the name Shakai begins, a very holy thing. It is fitting for you to create the world with the letter Shin, which, like all beginnings, like we learned in the beginning of this year, includes whatever follows. And so the whole shame Shakai is wrapped up in the letter Shin because it's the beginning, the letter Shin. Amar Allah says a Kaddish Baruch Hu, this is a shocking thing. Listen to how beautiful the Zara Kaddish is. Yois ant. He says, you're beautiful. The tav ant, and you're good. Vikshoit ant, and you're true. So meaning, really, in and of yourself, it's fitting to create the world with you. Aval, however, because letters that are false, that are 
imitation, ziuf, right? What's a ziuf and a star? What, what, what's the word that you use? Uh, forgery, right? A forgery. The word forgery. Because letters that are rooted in, in, in um, pretending, forgeries, have connected themselves to attach to you. I cannot use you to create the world. What are those two letters? They begin to lay a sky in shikra because shikra does not stand. Sheker ain't la raglaim. Sheker cannot stand. Ella i itlan lach kar. Unless we take away the letters kuf and resh from you. But because kuf and resh, which directly follow shin, resh is the next letter and kuf is the next letter, says in Kodesh Baruch Hu, I cannot create the world with the letter shin because kuf and resh connect themselves to shin in order to spell the word sheker. And those letters, resh and kuf, is either rake, which is empty, or kar, which is ashakar chabaderech. These two letters are called asvin Yufa. And the Mekubalim explain that Al-Pipnimi is the reason why they're called Asvin the Ziyufa also is because each of them conceal letters of holiness. The Kuf is a masqueraded He. It's a He, but it goes beyond the Geder. It sinks beyond the, the Gvul. It doesn't know how to stay within a Gvul. Resh is the letter Dalid of the word Hashem Echad, which is a very important letter in that context. There's only one God. And it's mezayef, the letter Dalit, to become acher. Elihim acherim, which is the, 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 the foundational lav, loisisa, not loisisa, loyilcha, right, is the foundational lav of all the 365 mitzvahs say. The he and the, and the resh are imitations of the real thing. Imitations of he and Dalit <coughs> specifically. And Therefore, this is essentially what Amalek is saying. Amalek says, listen, this world is a world which may look like you can get somewhere. It looks like you might be able, on some theoretical level, to arrive at a, at a, at a, at a final destination. But Amalek is just interested in clothing everything, in garbing everything. Taking something that's a davar shabikidusha and turning it into a mockery, saying there's no use. There's no use. You think it's Hashem Echa, there's only one God. There's no use. Look around the world and see that the whole world is filled with Eilah, it's filled with these. It's filled with a great duality of many things. A great duality of things. There's no Echad. It's concealing the Echad. It's the letters of Kuf and Resh that hide a holiness, that make us feel as if this world is not a warm place of Kirvas Elikim. Warmth being, of course, associated with life, right? We call it dead bodies, a cold cadaver, right? But a warm a place of Kirvas Elikim, a place of life, a place of closeness to the unity of Hashem that manifests within the Ela, within the multiplicity. Amalek just is, it intends to cause us to look at the garment, at the lavush, at the mask at what covers over the truth of the Metzius of possibility to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. says, look at all the Ra, look at all the Hester. There's no way for you to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the letters of Kuf and Resh that bind themselves to Sheker, to Shin, which is an essentially holy letter, which the three prongs of the Shin is, is the three Avos, that's the Metzius of Kedusha. And somehow it drags Shin into this place of saying we utilize the possibility of Kedusha itself to demonstrate to the world that there's no MS, there's just Sheker. It uses the possibility of Kedusha, and then it latches <coughs> onto it and it turns it into Sheker, Kuf and Reish, to say that this world is a world of emptiness. Fascinatingly enough, I was just reading in a book, 
very interesting, that the basic, basic fundamental appreciation for the unity of Hashem within different cultures throughout the generations, even though Christianity came and tampered with that a little bit, but they'll also claim that it's unity, but we know that it cannot be. Three do not equal one, v'chuleh. Fine, but they also claim unity. All the cultures claim unity, certainly in the East, Buddhism and Hinduism and so on and so forth. They may have many different gods, lowercase, different energies, but they believe, you know, there's just one, 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 the unity of everything. That's, that's really, certainly Islam, and, and certainly Am Yisrael, of course, Lahabdu and Avodos, is all about the unity of the Kurdish Baruch. It's so um, in Embedded is that within our language and our consciousness that, fascinatingly enough, the prefix dy, which derives from Latin, or the prefix di, which derives from Greek, in a word, always connotes something evil. Right? Dystopia, dy, dystopia is a world that's falling apart. Um, di, dissonance is when two things don't, don't fit. Uh, also, the, the, the prefix du, which is a derivative of those, so dubious, something that you're not sure about, doubt, do, all of these are connected, and they all derive, of course, from the concept of, of two. That's what di is, carbon dioxide, right? It means dot. Di means two-ness. And so all these different things that mean evil are all derivative of the fact that there's not just chas not just God, but there's maybe ah, there's maybe another ah. The second you introduce something else, so forget about it. And this is, of course, Adam and Chava separating from the Eitz Hachayim, where there's just Adam Advekim Hashem Lekechem Chaim Kulchemim. All of a sudden, you go into a world of Taiv and Ra of duality, and that's of course where Misa comes to the world of Chuli Vachehina. And so that's a very interesting thing. Al Kapanim. This is what Amalek seeks to do with the world. And if we take a journey to, to the Medrash, Esther Rabbah. Haman, who's of course the embodiment of Amalek, tells There is one nation that is scattered among the nations of the world. Says the Medrash. What Haman was really saying in Yeshnoi Am Echad, he was saying this God about whom the Pasuk in the Varim says Hashem Echad with a Dalit, with that letter of, of truth. The big Dalit of Shema Yisrael Shem Lekin Hashem Echad appended to the Ayin of Shema, which is also Rabbah, together spells the word Aid or Da, which is the opposite of Reik and Kar, Da, to be able to know, to be able to testify, to be able to see the way in which something is clear, not, not Suffolk, Amatri, Amalek, everything is doubt. The Dalit of Hashem Echad says, says Haman, Yashin loy me'amai, Hashem is sleeping. Yeshnoi is Miloshin Shema, Yeshnoi Am Echad. The echad is yashen to his am. Hashem is sleeping. That's what Haman was saying. Hashem says, oh, hold on one second. Oh, I'm not sleeping. I'm not sleeping. I'm not asleep at the wheel of history. Things are going exactly according to plan. There is no sleep before my eyes. This is what a Kodesh Baruch Hu says, no, he doesn't sleep. And he doesn't slumber. Shoymer Yisrael, the Kodesh Baruch, who is guarding Am Yisrael. This is the same Mahalach of Amalek that wants to say, things could have started off pretty good, but then somewhere along, God fell asleep. Somewhere along the way, he was awake. Am Yisrael did get out of Mitzrayim. Asher the late, tries to derail the trajectory of history. He tries to use the letter Kuf to conceal the hay of Hashem. The hay of a world of Kedusha. 
So now we understand why Adar is connected to the concept of the letter Kuf. Because within it rests the energy of an Amalek that seeks to point, to challenge difficulty, separateness, multiplicity. And that's really implicit. What Ahmed is saying in this passage also, there used to be a one unified nation or a nation that saw the Achdus in the world. But Mafuzer, is the same Metzius of Amalek that takes a look at the hay and says, that's all a kuf. Look, it went beyond the gvul. Nothing, cont- nothing is contained within godliness. There are things outside the gvul of godliness. This is the letter kuf that's connected to the month of Adar. What's the concept of Dagim? Says the Heli Gezerah Kodesh and Nijarabba. The eyes of this head of white, without getting into the whole thing, but this is talking about a very, very lofty level within this Seder Shalshalis. That's called Keser. The, re- the, the, the element of, of the crown, of the place of Hashem's will, of a place of incredible, incredible, incredible levels of overt and revealed godliness. There's eyes there. Kaviachal, it doesn't mean physical eyes of, of any kind, even metaphorically. Hashkacha, speaking about Hashkacha. Mishtan and Mishar Ainun. And the Zarkadish says these eyes are different than all other eyes that are found throughout creation. Lais Ksusal because these eyes have no cover. Well, it's green and al ena. There are no eyelids on these eyes. My time, the chsiv hine lo yanum. Well, yishan shaymi yisrael. Because it says that a Kaddish Baruch Hu does not close his eyes. Kaviyachad are eyes that never close. There's what's called in the Zara Kaddish and other places, there's one eye of mercy that's constantly open, that's constantly mashkiach, that's constantly making sure that even when it looks, that the eyes of what's called Zer Anpin, a lower level, are closed. But that eye of Keser, that eye of what's called in the Ramchal, the Hanagas HaYichud, right, that overarches the Hanagas HaMishpat, that even when a Mishpat level, it seems like there's din, there's concealment, in that place is it. It's all part of the process. Hashem knows what He's doing. This is called the Eina Chada Derachme. Yisrael de Leila. Baruch is always watching over Yisrael. It's the puzzle Yirmiyo says, Hashem, your eyes are always open. Whatever is connected to the concept of Rachmanus in the world, there is no covering over those eyes. There are no eyelids. Certainly that place of Hashem's infinite, infinite, infinite will and master plan, what's called Magid Miratius Achris, the place where Kodesh Baruch already knows everything that's going to be from the beginning to the end to the end. He sees things through despite however many challenges we seem to encounter along the way. He sees things through in the end. That place is called Reisha Chivra and it has eyes that never close. The Laba Midi, they never close. Amr of Shimler of Abba. Rav Shimon says to Rav Abba Lamahi Ramiza. To what are these eyes likened? He says to the fish, that the fish have no covering over their eyes. They have no eyelids. They never slumber. They do not need anything to shield them from looking at that which is happening that shouldn't be happening. Because on that that's when we would close our eyes. Right? Um, um, the Pasuketilim says, we close our eyes from seeing evil. On that level, there's no need to close the eyes because there is no evil. On that level, everything that's happening is intended to be happening. And so those eyes never close. Certainly, that very high level of Atik, of Keser, and never needs guarding. Who is looking and watching everything. Everything is 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 uh, drawing life force from that place and it never sleeps. 
Yisrael de la'ela. So we see over here that this is, this Pasuk of Hine Le'yanam Le'yishan comes to combat Haman. Haman said, Yeshnai am echad. Hashem is sleeping. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that, in Nigla, right, in Esther Rabbah says, Hine Le'yanam Le'yishan. And that concept is connected to Dagim. It's connected to fish. And maybe I'll pee. Rebes, this is the concept of the month of Adar being connected very deeply to fish. Because it means to say that Haman Amalek, you want to say that this whole world is a kuf. Kuf is also connected to a monkey. We say, kikhoif bibne adam, right? Like a person who's not the real deal is like a monkey before a person. It looks like a person. It can, it can maybe say words like a person. It's an imitation. That's a koif, right? Is the letter kuf that imitates upon the letter hey. And it looks at a world of holiness and it says, ah, just look at the outside. And makes us think it's a monkey instead of a human. Makes us think that things aren't going in a definitive direction when in fact they, act, they absolutely are. And so that, that, that the month of Adar is connected to the Kuf, and we combat that with the Indian, with the Indian very deeply, the Indian of Dagen. With the Indian of Dagen. Now let's move on to the last symbol. The symbol of Adar is a spleen, says the Zara Kadesh, the Ikrit Chal. This is called the spleen. And it's this part of the body, whatever this means, that is the source of laughter in children. It causes laughter in children, and this reflects the Gemara and Brachas, which is the next source that says very simply, Tchal Seichik. The Tchal, the spleen, is the source of laughter. It goes through different parts of the body. Tchal Seichik. Now, what's fascinating is that we know Alpi Kabbalah, that the Tchal is a very dark place. The Tchal is, is called the place of Mara Shchayr, the black bile, which is so dark that it actually became colloquial uh, uh, terminology to refer to depression. We say a person's in atzvus, umara shchaira. What does that mean? He's in, he's in depression and in black bile. Black bile means it's such a thick sense of despair, such a thick sense of hopelessness. That's all rooted in the spleen. So what might this mean? That the spleen laughs? Hey, good morning. What does it mean the spleen laughs? Adarabba, it's the place of the hepech of, of laughter. The hepech of laughter. So Teretz is like this. Teretz is very deep. That the truth is in a chanami. You'd think that a place of darkness doesn't produce laughter, but a place of darkness can produce laughter when the darkness is the darkness of Amalek that seeks to say that things are going in a certain direction and then it's so dark because things aren't working. It's like this, this laughter of despair. It's a very dark laughter. It's a laughter of despair. And Amalek is so incredibly good at this, and this is very deep and with this we'll come to the end, Amalek is so good at this that he actually convinces us that not only is the trajectory from Mitzrayim to Sinai something that has gotten interrupted, the interruption is so incredibly convincing that he causes us to think that this is the new trajectory. And it's, it's not just an interruption anymore, a joke, a punchline. Late, it's a trajectory of essential hopelessness, of despair. It goes nowhere. But this is the new way. And it's no longer funny. It's, it's terrifying. This is, this is what Amalek can cause us to think when we look at a world of kuf instead of a world of hay, when we look at a world of sheker as opposed to shin, when we look at a world of closed eyes, of midas hadin, instead of a world where the eyes are open, when we look at a world of eila, of multiplicity, and we stop seeing the achdus of a Kaddish Baruch within the multiplicity, when we see just the external facade and we think that this world locks Hashem out, chas Hashem, as opposed to revealing Him. Tchal seichik. But there's also a laughter of the tchal that comes when that new trajectory is itself Redeflected. 
where it's not a laughter of sadness and depression, but it becomes a laughter of realizing, ah, there's a, there's a new joke here. This whole world was heading toward atheism and postmodernist cynicism, and that's where everything looked like it was going. And all of a sudden, faith is reborn. It's the greatest joke in the world. The tchal itself, the makam of the tchal, becomes the place of the greatest rejoicing. And that's the whole side of Purim, where Hashem's name is not mentioned once, and the whole thing is concealment after concealment, and the whole thing is nature, and there's no nesa lemalam anateva, but v'nahapachu, the who becomes nahapach, hu achashverit, hu becomes flipped, and mamash becomes flipped, and it's revealed that Kodesh Baruch was there all along. That al-pimidas adin, it looked like everything was geferlich, it looked like there was a terrible gzeira. But a Kodesh Baruch says, I was guiding this thing from the very beginning to the very end. That's the laughter of the new realization that things got really serious after the first punchline. And now when they're redeflected toward Sinai, toward Geula, toward the redemption of the world, the place of Tchol itself flips to become the place of laughter. And that's Pshat we say in Mishli to finish off, we say, ah, Amalek, you caused us to look only at the Levush of the world. You caused us to see a world of of, of hiddenness and a world that was concealed and closed off. You looked at a world that you said was a garment that hides Hashem. Oh, levusha. That levush was there not to conceal Hashem. It was there to reveal HaKadosh Baruch Hu's eyes and his hadar. And it was us to develop the eyes to look past the kaif, the monkey, the kuf, the, 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 the twisted hay of Amalek and to look past it and to see the, the, the shin, which is the eyes of Amas. And Chasashal, not the sheker of the shin that connects to Kuf and Reisha, Shekarcha Baderech. That's Pshat that the Pasik finishes. Vatishchak liyoyim achrein. Liyoyim achrein, when we make it to the end, Vatishchak. The greatest joke in the world. The greatest laughter in the world. It's the laughter of Purim. Which is laughter of the realization that Aleph Dar, Adar, Kodesh Baruch Hu is here all along. There's no place that's vacant of a Kodesh Baruch Hu's dug him eyes, so to speak, of those eyes that never close. And that's Pshat, that we come over here, we say, eventually we'll get to the end, and when we get to the end, it'll be the greatest reverse joke on Amalek, of then our mouths will be filled with laughter, and our mouths will be filled with song, and then the nations of the world will finally realize, ah, sure there was Eila, sure it looked like a world of multiplicity, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew what he was doing with Eila, HaKadosh Baruch Hu the whole time was using the Eila, the separateness, the multiplicity, the kuf to allow for the revelation of his achdus to demonstrate that Hashem's achdus is so pervasive that it can even be picked up and discerned and perceived beyond the facade of the manyness of nature. And so this a little bit is under, as an understanding what the month of Adar has to do with the letter kuf, what it has to do with dagim, what it has to do with the spleen, is because it comes to combat the element of Amalek who's so bound up with the letter kuf, the kuf. How does it rectify that with the dugim, with the eyes that never close? And Mamela, all of this is wrapped up in the spleen, which on the one hand is the place of terrible concealment and darkness and sadness, but in the other place can become itself the place of the greatest laughter when we realize that all the challenge was itself part and parcel of the process of our journey toward Gula. Okay, thank you so much for listening, for joining. Let's dive in. Mm. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Yes. Eretz Hashem Tam Hashanah.
Va'ad achris, because Hashem's eyes see it through from beginning to the end. Yafema or. Mamish, beautiful. Ties the whole thing together. Thank you so much.